welcome to episode number five of the Bartender Atlas podcast. I'm Josh Lindley, and on this episode, I talk with Josue Romero. If you're on top of bartender social media, you will know Josue as the Garnish Guy. But first, if you have any ideas or suggestions about who you want on this show, let me know. You can reach me at Bartender Atlas on all forms of social media. If you're hearing this and you're a bartender, please go sign up at bartenderatlas.com. We feature bartenders of all skill levels from all over the world, so don't be shy. Now, on this week's episode, The Garnish Guy, Josue, talks about the people that inspired him to pursue bartending instead of his other career, where he worked at NASA. Uh, He talks a little bit about how he developed his own style of drink making, and he even has a couple Florida man stories. So, whether you're on the bus on your way to set up your bar or already setting up your bar, please enjoy this chat with Josue Romero on the Bartender Alice podcast. Josue, Romero, first question, where did you grow up? Oh, I, uh, I grew up in, uh, in a city called Puerto Ordaz. That is in Venezuela. Uh, and when did you move from Venezuela? I moved to the, to the States uh, when I was 18. Uh, I just turned 18. And yeah, I've uh, been here for quite a bit, I would say. I moved to Orlando. Um, I went to school in Orlando and so, stayed in that area for a while. So you did all of uh, like elementary school. You did most of your growing up like as a kid in Venezuela. Yes, I did. Yeah. What sort of school were you going to? Uh, Catholic, actually. Well, yeah, Catholic school. My um, sons are not Catholic, but um, really good school. Uh, it was technical school. So we took a, a lot of like drawing, technical drawing, mechanic, electrician. Those kind of things, very hands-on, very ready-to-the-world uh, type of classes uh, growing up. So that was actually cool. You know, it opens, opens the, the world to you. I uh, actually thought I wanted to be an architect. <laughs> After I took some of those classes, I realized that it wasn't for me. That's really funny because, uh, I mean, I, I went to a Catholic school when I was a kid, too, and my parents were not Catholic. It was really just, like, the school that was closest. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when so you went to school, you said that it was kind of a technical school. What other extracurriculars were you doing? Did you play any sports? Did you, you know, were you drawing outside of the stuff you were doing for, you know, practicing to be an architect? What sort of things were you into outside of school? You know, um, in uh, the schools in South America are a bit different than one here. You know, in the U.S. Um, I don't know Canada, but uh, here uh, there we um, you start classes at seven o'clock in the morning. Everybody does, mm-hmm. and. You finish around four o'clock in the afternoon, and you are then in school at all times. You know you have classes, you have a little break in between, like you know twenty minutes here, half an hour there. However, you know you are in submerged in the school, so there's not much. Uh, you can play sports outside. Um, there's no, it's not it's not the culture per se. I personally, I was taking classes. Um, English classes, actually, because I mean, we took English in college, in, in school. However, you don't learn much. You know, you learn the words, the basics. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I knew I wanted to travel the world. I knew I wanted to go somewhere else and expand my knowledge. Uh, and English was a big part of that. So I had to learn that. And and so I was taking English classes on the side, um, computer classes as well. I'm a little computer nerd sometimes. Mm-hmm. I haven't done it in a while, but yeah. And so yeah, that was pretty much what I was doing, you know, with my spare time off. 
Uh, does anyone else in your family speak English? Uh, yeah, my brother does. Uh, my sister does. Uh, my mom, so, so, so. <laughs> when yeah. she comes to visit me, um, she usually comes when, no, obviously I'm very new here in L.A. I've been living a year. And when my mom comes to visit, usually I was in Florida, I was in Miami, Orlando, and there's a huge Spanish population there. So there's not much of a need, per se, when she comes here to use it. Um, and, but yeah, no, this my sister and my brother, and they, my sister lives in Florida and my brother lives in Venezuela, but yeah, we are fluent. When, so you mentioned obviously drawing for technical school. Did you ever do any art classes or creative drawing? You know, I did in college. Um, when I moved to college here, I, uh, I went to a community college first, real art community college. And uh, I uh, tried to figure out what I wanted to do. And at the time, you know, I, I love art. I love all kinds of art. And I, if I wanted to work in a museum as a curator, I thought, well, you know, I'm not much of an artist per se, but I, I would like to be submerged by it. So I, so I took some history, art history classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took some actually art, art classes, you know, drawing one, drawing two, pottery, to the design, 3D design, sculpture. And that was fun. It was great. Pre- art, like pre-making, you know, very hands-on. Um, and I love that. It was great. And then, I, you know, slowly, I started transitioning to more uh, numbers. You know, just went, I went from art to numbers, which doesn't make any sense. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I switched my degree to finance, and that's where I graduated. So do you think that when you were doing all those art classes, the technical school that you went to back in Venezuela was, uh, was helpful? Definitely was. Definitely yeah. was. Um, it, I was doing like technical drawing because it, it was like a technical school. Um, so technical drawing is very meticulous, especially when you're if you're heading into the uh, the mechanic field. You know, like having to how to design uh, mechanical pieces for factories and stuff like that. And that involves a lot of um, you know, meticulous work. And I think I. But the teacher I had was the worst. Like he, huh. if I did like a little, a little mistake, he would make you do it all over again. So uh, I think like you know that kind of got embedded in my mind and transitioned to you know my career and who I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, so you went to school, you did some of your art classes, and then you say you transferred to finance. Um, when you finished school, did it was a finance degree that you finished with? Uh, yes, when I graduated, it was a finance degree, yeah. Yeah. Um, what was your first job? NASA, Cat Canaveral. We had a degree, yeah. Sorry, you worked at NASA? I have Cat Canaveral, Florida, yeah. And so you're a kid who decides, oh, yeah, like, what made you decide on Orlando, <laughs> moving from Venezuela? Um, I have family in the area, in, in Cocoa Beach, Cat Canaveral, so I have uh, an aunt that lives there, and... She's like, okay, well, if you want to come to school, you can stay here with me for the first, you know, semester or so, and then uh, and see if you like it. If you like it, perfect. You go to school here. Um, if you don't like it, you can decide whatever you want after that. But I just know you have the support from your family to stay here, and I will, I will be forever grateful for that. You know, it's amazing to have uh, have that family connection. So, skipping back, you worked at NASA. Mm-hmm. What was your job, or are you even allowed to talk about it? <laughs> yes, I will tell you my my title. Uh, so I work for, I work in finance. Uh, I did budgeting, budgeting for projects. Honestly, I, I'm not as smart. <laughs> a lot of data entry. Um, 
that was like that was my first college right after uh, my, my first my first job right after college, like with my degree. Well, my first my, my first job actually, you know, like when I was in college, I, I bartended. I mean, I started in um, I started in coffee shops, um, Cuban coffee shops. I used to make a lot of Cuban coffees every day, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, working restaurants. Obviously, you know, when you're in college, it's as far as the as far as the schedule is easier, so I work in uh, several restaurants and then transition to the bar. I work in several bars, clubs, everything in the Orlando area, Cocoa Beach area. Yeah. Uh, so after you got out of college, you started working at NASA. You, as you just mentioned, you were doing some bartending throughout college and and making a little money that way. When did you decide to? you know, uh, leave the aeronautics industry <laughs> uh, and decide to focus on bars specifically? Um, you know, it wasn't for me. I did it for two years. Um, and I realized, you know, I just, I wasn't happy. It was, it was something, you know, I was a job. I, I, like, well, first of all, let's start with saying I'm not a morning person. And I have to do it too early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it, it wasn't me. My boss hated facial hair. And, and I've used a big for me, but I have a big beard. And uh-huh. he, I had to shave twice a day. <laughs> if I had meetings on a four, a four in the afternoon, I had to shave like at three thirty, because uh, my, my my hair grows pretty fast. So um, the five o'clock shadow is starts at noon. <laughs> it's a it's a re- it's um, a real issue, huh? <laughs> yeah. So like, um, no, I think when uh, you know, it wasn't for me. I didn't want to. I, I didn't want to continue that. I, I didn't see myself for forty years doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, just coming in and it's, it's great. I mean, great job. I mean, sure people would kill for that job. Um, I was the youngest one on the floor as well. Like I, it's you know, what it's true. It's no, it's no, it's no one you know it's who you know. And a friend of mine worked there as well. And you know, he put the word, and then somebody in the finance area, and boom, I got a job. So I think like I was like what twenty five, and the next person uh, in the building that was working there, closer in age to me, was probably like thirty seven. So there was yeah, so there was not much of a um, you know age friendly group there, you know. Mm-hmm. And I lived in Cape Canaveral. All my neighbors, almost all my neighbors were strippers. Oh yeah, and we were very close to like two of these trips close in town, and we became friends, you know. And obviously, with a with a bartending background, I'd be like, yeah, whenever you finish work, you know, just come here, I'll make a hotel. So like every night, it would be like a party in my house, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I will, I wouldn't buy the guys that work with me. Um, they were all like, you know, super nerds. Like they yeah. had no idea how to be around a super. Mm-hmm. Um, backing it up, actually, I worked in a kind of a super bar when I was in college as a bartender. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've been in all different kinds of industry pretty much. So after working with NASA, and, I mean, as you mentioned, all your neighbors were dancers, uh, did they help you sort of transfer into doing bar stuff full-time? <laughs> they definitely encouraged it. They're like, because, you know, I had a passion for drinks, and I, I always wanted to, you know, Better and better uh, in cocktail, the cocktail scene, mm-hmm. and they obviously were like, yeah, yeah, just, just, just go back to the bar and do what you love, blah, blah. But I, when I left the bar, uh, when I was still living I, I worked in um, my first project was uh, a, a country, country bar. Um, so a lot of uh, modern country dishes. Mm-hmm. Um, the chef, uh, really, really good, amazing. 
we do a lot of like barber, uh, like bourbon jam for the burgers and uh, like lobster and crab mac and cheese. So it was a little like really fun twist into some, uh, you know, Southern classics and all the cocktails I created were moonshine. So like, you know, it, was, it gave me a little perspective, you know, on like, okay, how to touch, how to make something a nicer way, you know, a nice product, a nicer quality, being innovative, but yet keeping some old traditions, you know? Yeah, around what year was that? Oh, Jesus. Uh, let me see. I have to do the math, and I haven't done math in a while. So that was about seven years ago. Okay. Years ago. So that's actually yeah. that's pretty fun, too, to go from, like, it sounds like a very fun menu to have to work on, and you get to be creative, but also at the same time, everyone's a little familiar with everything. Absolutely, yeah, and that that kind of that right there actually got me hooked into that. That right there guarantee me in, that I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, right? Is that around the yeah. time that uh, yeah. is that around the time that the idea for the garnish guys started to take form? Uh, no, the garnish guys started about four years ago. My, my about five years ago, I'll say. Um, and yeah, it was just very random. Uh, I I didn't have Instagram actually until then. And I'm not much of a social media guy, or wasn't. Uh, That's funny to hear. I, I, I think I was on the phone with my mom. Um, I was buying. I, I buy. I love glassware. So even for my own house, I love nice crystal antique glassware. That's mm-hmm. my jam. So when my birthday comes around, it's still free. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I bought some really good glassware in a, in a vintage shop, and I was on the phone with my mom. And I was telling her about it. She was like, well, so you should make a cocktail and just take a picture of there. Just sent me. And I did that. You know, I, I was did that, you know, and she's like, you want to use my Instagram page? And I'm like, Instagram? I don't know. I must have just some tips things. <laughs> and, you know, maybe like a month later I did. And it was just for me to share my recipes with, you know, with my friends. And also, you know, when you travel so much and you're a bartender, you have your book of recipes. And, you know, sometimes I don't want to carry a book with me. What is the easiest way to do it? have an Instagram page where you have all the recipes right there and then. So you can just, you know, go to them and see which one you want to do and whatever. And, so, and that's, that's one of the reasons that I did it in the first place. So I never thought that it would, like, grow beyond so, my followers. So when you started it... I don't have to have friends, so... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, so when you started the Instagram account, it wasn't supposed to be a business. It was really just a, a way of keeping your recipes on hand all the time. Yeah, I keep the recipes on hand, and I, I was known for like making the making them for uh, the, the pretty drinks. If we have like a a, a, a bachelor party, I'll say make the pretty shot or the pretty drink. Mm-hmm. Like that is that was all, what I will do. And and I think that's you know uh, in the back of my mind, all, my my art degree and my my art classes actually came into place when you know with that. So. Mm-hmm. So once the Instagram account started growing, what bar were you working at? Uh, I was working at a bar in uh, St. Augustine, Florida, called Oddbird. That was like that was like four and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And did the and, uh, management and owners support you in the uh, Instagram thing? Like, did you end up bringing more yeah, guests I mean, in? The or? owner, the owner is a good friend of mine, Venezuela himself. And I met him when I moved to the town, and he was like, "Hey, you know, opening a bar, you know." And we became we became good friends. Um, so definitely, like, you know, in the beginning, it was, like, it was always, you know, supporting, but then, like, when you had a friendship, you know, the, you know, it, it was, it was uh, ups and downs, 
Um, because people then start coming to the bar. Oh, well, I want I want to see the guy that makes the pretty drinks. Yeah. So then, oh, so you cannot take this off. It's not happening with you on the weekend. You have to be here now. So it became that demand thing, and it, I mean it's great, especially when you live in a small town, and uh, everybody that goes there. It's a very tourist town. So people actually will make plans to go there to go drinking, to a drinking scene, to to have a beautiful weekend, and people will come. You have to go to this bar and. Ask this guy, he's a bartender, he's badass, and he's great, and it's fun, and we'll see a joke, and make a pretty drink, and, and yeah, go there. Because it was a very industry forward bar, so a lot of bar, all the bartenders, all the managers, all the chefs, all the servers from the town will go there to drink after hours. We did, we designed our bar program to be that way. Right. Uh, no, after they close the ship, they would go to the bar. So, you know, if you're a tourist and you go to a a town, you ask your bartender, your server, hey, where do you go when you finish working? Because that's the bar I want to go to. And that was my bar. That's so, a, that's the entire basis yeah, for why we started Bartender Atlas. <laughs> there you go. It's just the idea that if you're in a town you don't really know, find a bar, ask the bartender where they would be drinking, and then go there. There you go. I like yeah. it. Um, so, so while you're working at Oddbird in St. Augustine and you've got you know, a bunch of industry, obviously it starts with industry that starts paying attention to what you're doing. Did, and your boss, like you were saying, your boss wanted you to be around all the time because you're the guy who makes the badass drinks. Did you have to start training the staff at Oddbird or was it just like an understood thing that you're the guy who does that? Or was everyone then responsible to learn how to do these badass looking drinks? You know, it was a small bar. So we had maybe six bartenders, five bartenders at the most at all times. But not all times, but like, you know, in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Two bartenders, two are back. That was a very tiny bar. Um, and I feel it is something that, that I loved about a bar is that all of us have a different style. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we we were all, we are seasonal bartenders. We all, we all like what we did, what we do. Um, and I feel like I work with Zach, for example. And Zach is very... Very minimal, very minimalistic when it comes to cocktails, but he just loves depth in flavors, and he's really good about finding us. Give me this, and I will actually make it work in a very harmonious, balanced cocktail. So he's great at that, you know. Uh, I make a good cocktail as well, but my focus was more on the garnish, on the presentation. I want, for me, it's like I, I need to take a picture of the drink. I need to follow the bar on Instagram. I need to follow many Instagram. I need to invite your friends next week because you had a great time in this bar, you know. So like those kind of things. And, I, I feel like all of us were different in different in different areas. So we had a guy that he just focused on stir cocktails. And I just say like stir cocktails. I mean, you have somebody come in and want a pina colada. Well, no, let's make you a pina colada stir. You know, like all boost forward. So that was that's great. So you just you just we complement each other, and you you can have somebody come in that will not get bored all the time because you have a thing style of drink all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did you guys run a menu, or was it just kind of what, like, who was working that night? No, yeah, we had a menu. Yeah. yeah and all of us, actually, all the bartenders, we got together every three months, every four months, we have a different menu, really good menu, but the first item on the menu was bartender's choice. Right. Um, and all of us, you know, all the bartenders that work there, you know, we, we go to the stealers all the time, we travel, we educate ourselves, like, we always doing tastings, so, like, we are very knowledgeable of... The, the industry, the product, um, spirit, the process of making, but also uh, the, the the developing of the cocktail itself. So the first item on the menu was the bartender's choice, and I would say 80% of the drinks were that. People will come in and be like, yo, I trust you. Or sometimes it was, chef, 
from the town that you know became friends with us. So they will come in. Like, hey, I just have some leftover of this. I don't know fruit juice. Can you make a cocktail with that and pisco? And be like, okay, let's do it. And then you know we we, we we did like a fun thing. Like, all right, so we split it into all the bartenders were there, and then all of us had a different spin into it. So the whole table we have different kind of cocktails with the same base, with the same fruit, or the same juice they wanted to taste. It's just, you know, it was fun thing. That's awesome. Also, the idea of just, like, on-the-spot competitions with your other bartenders, who you've already said have yeah. wildly different styles, right? Yes, absolutely. No, and, and, and the owner of the bus, uh, he's, he was, he's very big in, you know, knowledge about self-education. He's always, like, giving books away. Hey, do this book. And, you know, he always encourages us to, to get better and better. Um, so, like, when we first opened the bar, he would walk in, he's like, hey, what's in the book array? So, the damn ingredients, the ratios, the type of glass, the type of garnish, um, if it's stirred, if it's shaken. And then he would go, maybe one, with a different spin. I need to change all the ingredients, but I need to keep the same flavor profile. <laughs> so, and, um, yeah, <laughs> that keeps us on our toes, you know, since, since day one. Um, and uh, we have a lot of the brands. We started coming to our bar to do tasting, to showcase the product, and that's when I started growing myself because then the brands would come in and, you know, they, they love the cocktails that we were making, but they wanted the Instagram cocktail. Mm-hmm. So brands were like, okay, so you have Monkey Soul, they were like, hey, we have a party coming up in Miami, do you want to come bartending for us? Sure. Hey, we have something going on around, do you want to come for us? Sure. Hey, we have our, our bars, we're like, hey, we have a, a takeover, do you want to come and do it? Sure. So that's why I started, I started growing myself in my career. What's really... Well, that's exactly how the Garnish guy grew, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. What's really cool to hear is that, um, you know, you went through this bar where you had all these, you know, random challenges and you would work with the team to develop everything. It's really reassuring to hear because we both know that there's a lot of bartenders out there or a lot of Instagram accounts where it's really just about looking pretty, but the people running the accounts aren't necessarily you know, well-trained bartenders or, or even familiar with the Absolutely. ingredients that they're using. So it's really cool to hear that you put all that time and energy into developing yourself as a bartender. You just happen to be really into the pretty drinks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like, um, you know, this is the thing. This is what I learned in a competition. And I'm all about a story. I'm all about uh, emotions. You know, like people want to relate to something. And when you, when you make a drink... And you're able to tell a story and make it look like it, you know, it makes you stand out. It makes you, like, for example, I started doing guest chef um, when I was, like, starting in my career. When I started going to the cocktails, I started doing pop-ups in different bars. And I would pick a theme and just, like, stick to that theme and just, like, do, like, a, do a whole guest chef surrounded by that. So if I, if I make a movie, I want to have a movie playing in the background. Mm-hmm. But the garnishes will be of a character, and the name of the cocktails will be like after each character. I will create the recipe, the flavor based on what I thought the garnish, the, the character will drink. And you know, you garnish it after that, and you have a whole setup, and it's a it's a fun experience. And that is what you know I love to do. It's a show, it's a show, short one. Yeah, and you know, have people uh, enjoy the cocktail. You have a great time, but also you know use that as a marketing tool for myself and for the bar and for the product. You know, they will take pictures of the bottle and the cocktail is cool. And then I'm in the background. So, like, you know, people are Instagramming everywhere. So, like, it just makes sense as mm-hmm. a marketing, um, you know, tool. As Just because you mentioned that sort of leads into what I wanted to ask you about next. What are some of the steps and, like, how much time does it take for you to manage this Instagram account? Out of a, in a week, like how many hours do you put into your Instagram account? Um, I spend about 
two hours every morning just answering messages. Right. I, I, I reply to every message mm-hmm. that I get. And there are private messages and there are comments as well. Um, so I, I spend about two hours just me waking up in the morning just doing that. Um, a lot of times I have to translate them because again, they're different languages. Mm-hmm. And I have to translate my response and then the response again. So it's like one of those things. But then I have like, you know, I have bartenders that are like, Emerging and hey, what books do you recommend? Or have people like, hey, what kind of events do you recommend? Or hey, I have a party, can you help me make a cocktail? Sure. What do you have at home? I don't know. Well, take a picture of your pantry. And I have to like look at that and sit down and be like, okay, let me see, let me see what you can do with this. Um, so it's it's a, it's it's a little work. Um, but when somebody takes the time to you know to to message you, like it's cordial. You have to message back, like. It's a lot. It's part of it, you know. So I'm sure at some point, you know, I will grow some more stuff. Won't go through that, but as of right now, I'll do it. Yeah. But I do spend a lot of time doing that. I do spend a lot of time doing research, uh, especially with the brands. Sometimes I will I'll work with different brands, mm-hmm. and depending on the brands, if it's new, like I have to go back into the history and find things that find things that you know feel cohesive with the brands, things that are that it was a staple to create a particular product and somehow incorporate that into a recipe, into a story. And if I'm doing like a menu for them, you know, I'll be able to incorporate those more names on the history of it uh, or the inspiration or um, the philosophy per se. You know, it sounds silly, but, you know, it's a way to, for, the, for the brand to have a menu that, that's cohesive. And that's something I do a lot now. I do a lot of menus for different bars, for different brands. Um, I do a lot of events, um, tastings, and uh, right now I'm ambassador for like four different brands at all times, it feels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anytime they have any kind of pop-up, I go there as a host and things like that. So it's not just a matter of taking a photo, posting it, and then getting 14,000 likes. It's a lot more work than it might seem. <laughs> no, and also, you know, the word social is, is, is very important, you know, like... Like the way I see it is, you know, like I I believe I'm a really funny guy, easy going. Uh-huh. Uh, I like to I like to host, I like to uh, interact with people, and make sure I have people have a good time. And that's me as a person, you know. And if I'm in a, an environment, I can find somebody and then you know interact with that person, and that person can say, you know what, you're cool, I want to be your friend. But how do you translate that into a picture on Instagram? Yeah. The thing. I want, so somebody wants to be my friend. You know, somebody wants to know what I'm up to, what I'm doing, what I'm, what I'm drinking, and how I'm, where I'm going to learn things. You know, I, I want them to, I want them to really get to know me a little more. You know, and that is not hard to do to a picture because people are always like sweep, you know, swiping up and down, like right, and it's hard for them to actually stop and be like read it. Like, okay, you know, I want to know who this guy, what this guy is about, and I want to know what he does in his time off, and I want to know how he life began and with his background and those kind of things and yeah the social part is very important also like you know you 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 find all the accounts that you follow you know you like and you comment and you interact and you learn and you grow and they will do the same for you so it's a back and forth yeah um is there specific um are there specific photographers that you work with because your images are all um they're varied enough but they're all seemingly professionally done is there a specific photographer that you work with or do the brands arrange that for you um so uh if this is a photography of a cocktail in a bottle more than likely i would say seven out of ten eight out of ten i did it myself yeah i became a photographer no by choice but by by have to yeah (laughs) 
because of Instagram. Um, but I do have, um, I do have a few people. I have a, a guy, he's here in Long Beach, and he does a lot of most of my videos. Mm-hmm. Um, but him and I work together for a particular brand or a campaign. Um, his name is Dustin. And uh, he, yeah, he does all my videos. I think he's amazing at that. We connect really well as far as like my needs and what I want and what I, what I want to portray for this particular video and the angles, uh, the spins, like he's good at that. He gets it and him and I work really well together. So I have him on that. He does some pictures as well. And then I work a lot with like the best drink ever. Uh, my friend Mike, he runs the page and like he has a great team of videographers and photographers that, uh, you know, whenever they need a bartender for a campaign, you know, I collaborate with them. And their team is on, his team is on point. Like they, they kill it. They, they, they've been this for a long time as well. So they know how to appeal, you know, through a picture to a video for brands. Um, I just uh, also do work with different brands. You know, sometimes the brands provide their own photographers. Mm-hmm. And it's a, sometimes that's a challenge. Um, because, you know, how a specific, you know, style, like I like the nudie, I like the dark, I like the vibrant colors in the drinks. I want the drink to pop up itself. Uh, those kind of things, that's what works for my feet. That's, that's what my style. But then some brands are different. Sometimes, sometimes a brand wants some bright colors and, and white backgrounds. And I'm like, ah, oh, okay, I'll do it. But then I don't know if I'm going to post on my page because it would look off, you know? So sometimes you have to like work with the needs and the ones. Um, so recently, you said uh, just about a year ago, you moved to Los Angeles, yeah? Mm-hmm. And something that I'm I'm curious about, has the move helped your career at all, like the Instagram account, also your bartending career? Like, has that helped? I'm asking because, you know, the Garnish guy, obviously, it's an Instagram account. It's all online. And maybe you can shed some light on how much your physical geography affects the account. It does. But how, I, I tell you, I'm moving last year here, and every month I was in a different state working. <laughs> I was I was in Texas, I was in Washington, I was in New York, I was in Chicago. So, like, I, I travel a lot for work. Um, so, yeah, I, guess, like, so I, I think I can be anywhere, and that's one of the reasons I, I came here for, um, for a job. It was, a, it, was, it was supposed to be, like, a four-month gig, um, consulting gig, and I, I decided to stay in L.A. I like the area. I like... I like a lot of people that I follow on Instagram or follow each other and we interact and we knew each other live here in LA. Mm-hmm. And somebody we have met, I met in Tales of the Cocktails or in BCB or whatnot. But um, we, we talked and we collaborated somehow online, but we never met in person, you know, or never actually like went to the bars until I came to LA. So like, I, you know, I, I like that. I like that feel of, you know, the more the more you can talk to somebody, the more you grow. So like you know, I the more you can support, the more friends you actually become with that person that you you see and you get inspired by, um, and you're able to somehow incorporate your career to grow and educate yourself. And I wanted to be surrounded by that, and LA has a lot of that. So when I first moved here, um, it was intense. Uh, it was very intense <laughs> because uh, so many brands were like, oh my gosh, we just heard you move to LA. Let's take you out for dinner and let's take you out for drinks. So like every single night I was out with a different brand. Like every single night. For, like, the, first, like, the first like six months I feel, I was like in a, a different brand was doing at the band and 
So now, now I'm, I'm the nice guy. I'm like, sure, I go support. Sure, of course, I go help, you know. Uh, now I've been like, oh, how are the plans? I can't go. So I'm getting better at that, <laughs> so you know. Um, but it is, uh, it is it's great. I think I, this is where I'm supposed to be. Uh, first of all, I love the weather. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of inspiration here. Um, everybody, I think people come to LA with James and Hoax and they have their own hustle. Some of them are musicians, the photographers, the videographers, some actors, models. And, you know, you get to see them all uh, in, in these different venues and different bars and different restaurants. And somehow you get inspired, I get inspired to, to you know, to join that hustle, first of all. And second, you know, when in, in, in the style of your drinks and the style of the things that you want to do in, in your goals, like you, you see yourself wanting, wanting more and grow in, in, in a good way. So definitely geographically, I definitely, I love it here. Um, I'll be here for a while, I think. Um, my, actually, my first like seven months, I was living in a hotel. Wow. So, yeah. Oh, that's a lot. Because there's no space for nothing. Mm-hmm. Go on. I just said that's a lot, living in a hotel for seven months. Yeah, yeah. I live, I live, I live, yeah, I, I've been in hotels a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, they, uh, but I mean... It just, I wasn't sure if, you know, if I was, if I, if I was here long term, it was supposed to be like a little busy, and it was supposed to be like a little, you know, a, 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 a temporary job. But then, um, once I made a decision, you know, I said, well, okay, now I'm going to stay here and uh, have a more stable place to live. Uh, but it's, it's been great. And again, you know, there's, there's always something here. There's always a seminar. There's always an event. It's always a conference, a class or something. So, there's um there's a lot to to grow um like today actually I was on the phone with three two different brands already and one conference people doing some kind of event and so like there's always you know especially in the food industry and in food and food and diversity go hand in hand mm-hmm. so the grow is definitely uh, meant to me to hear that anyways it, it's really nice to hear that someone with as big of an online following as you have it's still important to have that physical, actual, real-life community that you can hang out with as well. Uh, I think that's oh, something... I, mean, uh, I, I, I require that, actually. In order for me to do my job, I, I require that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, as we mentioned, you just moved to L.A. Um, I've been talking to you for about a half hour already. I'm not going to keep you all day, but I uh, have a bit of a question for you. Living in Orlando and then St. Augustine for a while, do you have any really funny, you know, Florida man uh, occurrences? <laughs> Like, like, did you ever witness? I do have a few Florida men things. Um, actually, I have purchased um, moonshine from, from Uber drivers. Okay, that, uh, that's before. a good start. <laughs> that's some Florida stuff. Um, I was in Orlando one time, and I was working in this bar in a small circus okay. in the town. And they're, they're performing, do the thing, and I think because we traveling for so long, they have some internal issues of, you know, personalities and personal problems of sorts. And the owner was like, you know what, let's go for drinks, let's just chill, let's forget about problems, let's just be good. And they had to go to my bar. It was like a Tuesday afternoon, four o'clock, it was a slow, you know. And I'm there, I think, you know, I was just like doing my homework I was in school. And they came in, you know, and then one of the clowns had an issue with somebody else, <laughs> and they started to fight. Mind you, they're dressed as 
if they were performing because they came from performing. <laughs> so like they are in full full on clown outfits, and I'm like, holy shit, what am I, what, what am I, what's happening here? Uh, and a fight started, like a physical fight, where the clowns were they gang up on on the trapezist person, I think it was. I'm not sure because it was very skinny. Oh my um, God. But a full-on fight happened, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting involved in any of this mess. I like, I'll go, I'll, I'll call the cops. That's all I can do. Because I mean, they're full-on throwing chairs around, and I'm in the corner there, you know, young dude, like, not know what to do with life. Um, and the cops go, and I go, what's happening? It's a fight. The, the clowns are fighting, and they thought joking. And I'm like, no, the clowns are fighting. And <laughs> the cops were like, sir, you know, it's a felony, so it's for you to start lying to the cops. And I'm like, I have no line. Need to come to this bar right now. Of course, they came in like six months later and, and stop the fight. But yeah, it was a full on church out, like clown fight. Uh, a clown punch up at your bar. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's correct. I feel like that qualifies as a real good Florida man story. <laughs> <laughs> they were not from Florida, but I, I think at the core, you know, they probably were. I think the Florida kind of got to them. Um, no, I do. I have friends from Ireland that came to visit, and um, they, uh, my friend, uh, she was like, also, I want to take my sister and my brother somewhere that they haven't done before, something that they haven't done. But what do you recommend? I'm like, oh, I don't know. They come from Ireland. Yeah, maybe like, uh, um, like an airboat. In, in in the with the gators in in, in the swamp, yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, so we got that, and so we rented one of those from my neighbor, my my roommate in college. He's from a little town, um, little town in Florida called Mims. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Mims stands for "Mom is my sister." I don't know. That's the word on the street. Very small hotel town. Um, and we rented the the air, the airboat. The guy came with us. And he's like, oh, don't worry, you know, we will not tip the boat. I was like, what do you mean tip the boat? He's like, yeah, yeah, I go really fast in the water, and then I, uh, I hit the cows, and the water tip, and boat tip, and we go in the water. And I'm like, no, Mr. Man, I'll tell you something, I would not touch this water. I mean, we're drinking champagne in, in this airport. I tell you that we are not, the water, water touches people. <laughs> so I uh, went back to return the, the boat to his place, mm-hmm. uh, and his roommate had a gator as a pet. How big? And and uh, and he was uh, he was having sex with a gator. So indeed, that one that one became a meme. But by the way, it was true. Whoa! And yeah, so Florida man. Florida man. <laughs> okay. Florida man. That's, that's that's my end of sentence for that story. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> All right, Josue, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. If people want to reach out to you, if people want to find you or follow you on social media or come and sit at your bar, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, honestly, yeah. Well, uh, the Garnish Guy is my Instagram handle, the underscore Garnish Guy. Uh, my email is thegarnishguy@gmail.com. Um, and you know, I actually right now I'm I'm working on a new bar project. So as of right now, no sitting bar for me. Uh, I get invited, or people when they come to town, they always ask me, "Hey, you know, I'm in town. I need when I meet you." I always meet somebody for drinks. So if I have no previous engagements, I will meet you out in a bar for a drink and. And talk about the world and drinks. You're being so, a very yeah, good ambassador. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's amazing. Josue, thank you so much. No, of course. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Josue for taking the time to chat. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Again, if you have any suggestions or constructive ideas about the show, you can reach me at Bartender Atlas on all forms of social media. Until next time. 
keep your vermouth in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs>